Hello and welcome to today's podcast on the Empre Fitness Podcast and we're going to be looking at how the scales can help you track your progress, the good, the bad and the frankly unreliable. So scales are the tool that most people use when they come to me looking um, to track their progress, uh, particularly around fat loss. People have kind of real deep ingrained um, kind of numbers that they're aiming for, body masses that they want to achieve and that's generally their target point when they're coming to me saying they want to, to lose X amount of pounds or X amount of stones on the scales. As scales have been around a long time, people often assume that they're really good for measuring uh, body fat, but unfortunately that's not always the truth. And that's because it's purely measuring your whole body's weight and your body is made up of far more than just body fat. So body fat on the kind of average uh, person is going to be about 15 to 30% of your total body mass. The rest of it is getting taken up with things like muscles, organs, ligaments, tendons, your bone, skeletal system, um, your tissues, your blood, and also bodily fluids. And those things all together are going to create a total mass, which is what the scales are going to show. Now, many of these things aren't going to fluctuate on a daily basis. So let's say, for example, you get on the scales every morning uh, without doubt. Your muscles are not going to grow or shrink to the extent that your scales are going to show it. So let's say you're measuring your weight in pounds and ounces. Um, The chances that you're going to put on even an ounce of muscle or lose amounts of muscle overnight are quite slim. Muscle takes a long time to build and it also takes a long time to um, be taken away. Now, it is something you might see on a weekly basis, uh, but as I said, probably not on a daily basis. Same goes when we're looking at our bones. Obviously, depending on what age you are, um, your skeletal system is obviously going to grow as you age and it is going to start to shrink as you um, kind of go past your middle age years. Um, but it's going to be a small percentage and definitely not something that you're going to see on a daily basis, probably more of a yearly basis if they really looked at that one. And even then it would be very small and you'd need specialist technology to pick it up. Same goes for your organs and your ligaments and your tendons and your tissue um, and even your blood mass. Um, The chances of that going up and down daily to kind of be shown on the scales is very unlikely. So that leaves two things left. Um, the body fat is one that people really like to track. And I said, um, people often stand on the scales and kind of base their diet success, success on what the scales are saying. Now, let's say I said we are getting on the scale every day. If you see that the scale suddenly goes up or down by, let's even say one pound on the scale, that is the equivalent of about 3,500 calories. Because that's how much goes into one pound of body fat. Now, there is very, very few people in the world that are going to create a deficit of 3,500 calories in one day because that either means they were eating at such a high amount of calories on a daily basis that they've ended up basically starving themselves for a day and have dropped themselves into 3,500 calorie deficit, which is incredibly unlikely even for the biggest um, person. In the same way that most people aren't going to create a a calorie deficit by exercising and moving and using so many calories by 3,500. Um, Thinking most exercise classes, you might at a real push, if you worked really hard, get kind of four or 500 calories burned. To get that 
to equal 3,500 calories, you're talking top, top endurance athletes. And for them to be able to burn that many calories, they their body will be consuming it along the way. Um, it'd be very hard for your body to then go to its fat stores or its muscle stores and get that much energy to create a deficit during the day as well. So let's kind of put that to bed, that the scales have not fluctuated by a pound every day because of your body fat going up and down. So that leaves only one thing left that's going to fluctuate on that kind of daily basis, and that is your bodily fluids, um, which mainly obviously is water. Now, just a few stats for you to kind of really understand this. Your muscles are about 75% water. Your stored fat is about 50% water. Uh, your blood is made up of about 50% water. And obviously, you then have to look at all the water you're consuming, either through drinks or through uh, foods, um, and the impact that that will have on your bodily size. And it's the water that, um, I said, can really fluctuate the scale weight, but also it can be the secret to some of the things you're wanting to achieve. So let's take, for example, you've woken up on a Sunday morning after a big kind of night out on a Saturday night, you feel frumpy, you feel tight, you feel bloated, you look in the mirror and your face looks all puffy. That isn't you over-consuming on food and drink the night before and suddenly has turned into body fat. That is water retention. And you can get rid of that water retention through some healthy eating and, and kind of living habits without even the thought of fat loss. As I said, it doesn't come off that quickly and it doesn't go on that quickly, body fat. So it's water. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit more so you really understand how kind of water retention can be impacting uh, your kind of aesthetics and how you feel in your body. Because just let me reassure you, if you've just put an extra kind of pound of body fat over your body, you aren't going to suddenly feel tight. It's not an internal feeling body fat. It sits on the outside of your muscles. So there shouldn't be any feeling any type of constraint unless you're kind of bending over and kind of, I don't know, trying to do up your shoes. And obviously your stomach's kind of bent over and squishing you. Just moving around day to day, the feeling of body fat is not going to make you feel tight. It might make you feel heavy, but if it's a tightness coming from inside, as I said, that's bloating, that's water retention. So why might the scales go up and down with this water retention? And I said a lot of it does link to your diet. So if you have quite a high level of sodium, which is basically salt in your diet, it makes your body retain water. Um, and most processed foods are very heavy in sodium because it helps preserve them, it helps them taste nice. Um, so I said, if you look back and think, well, what have I done or what do I consistently do in regards to my food intake? If it's got a lot of salt in it, you are naturally going to be holding a lot more water. So then if you go through a process of not eating foods with so much salt in it, you will naturally release some of that water from your system. Um, you won't notice it in regards to it, but you'll just end up weaning it out. The same goes for carbohydrates. So for every one gram of, let me, sorry, let me backtrack. So when you eat carbohydrates, um, they are used for energy straight away. So they're a really easy source of energy from your body. It extracts the calories and the energy out of it. If it's not used immediately, your body stores it as something called glycogen in your fat cells. Now, every gram of glycogen that your body wants to store needs three grams of water to store it with. So you, let's say, consume one gram of this carbohydrate, You've now got three grams of water with it. So you've now actually got four grams that are sitting on your body. Now, as soon as that one gram of glycogen is required for energy by your body, 
it's going to use the glycogen and get rid of the water. So in the same way it's now stored as four grams of glycogen and water, it's going to lose four grams of glycogen and water um, as soon as it's used. And this is why um, your body does this on a revolving basis. So let's say when you're sleeping, obviously you're not eating any more carbohydrates because you're asleep, but your body still needs energy. So that's when it goes to its stored energy, which is in your body fat cells, and it takes out the energy it put there several hours before. So you often you may wake up feeling less bloated the day after if you haven't had a late night with lots of food and drink consumed really late into the night, um, which is why a lot of people have said will feel kind of at their thinnest in the morning because your body's kind of extracted a lot of that water overnight. And that's another reason why sometimes you can feel a lot less bloated after exercise as well. Because when you're exercising, there's a couple of things going on. First of all, your body's going to be needing some energy. So it's probably not got enough um, energy in its kind of digestive system because you're like, unlikely to have eaten that quickly. Um, so it will be going to those glycogen stores in your muscles, in your, um, in your body fat stores, extracting the energy it needs to exercise, extracting the water with it. Um, the other thing that also happens is because when you're exercising, there's a lot more blood flow in your body. It's moving the water around in the blood cells, but also from the muscles, from your stomach, and it reduces the swelling of it. And a lot of that comes out through sweating. So obviously that sweat comes from somewhere. And as I said, that is your bodily fluids uh, coming out through your skin, through kind of getting your body warming up. So really good tactics there if you want to get your water weight down. I said is to get exercising, reduce your salt intake and reduce your carbohydrate intake over the course of kind of maybe half a day, a day, and you'll notice that stored water retention will drop quite significantly. Now that is going to show on the scales and that is really good progress. Now, but this is also why sometimes when people start a diet journey, they see really good kind of quick progress straight away and then it feels like they're hitting a bit of a plateau. And that's because if you start eating and exercising, you're going to get rid of that kind of high level of water retention that we just talked about straight away. So you shouldn't get a big build up of water retention. And so it will kind of stay averagely quite low. And then you're going to have far less fluctuations on your scale weight. Um, that's not to say it won't fluctuate a little bit. It will depend on what meals you're eating, but you won't have that kind of artificially high scale weight, which is made up with a half, far higher percentage of water. It'll be sitting a little bit more consistently low based on the consistency that you're eating kind of nutritious foods as well. So once your scale weight, as I said, is kind of come down because we got rid of a lot of that initial water retention, we then can start using the scales as a better marker of your fat loss. Like I said, it is still not perfect and that's because everything is a moving target. As I said, on a daily basis, your body will be storing energy into its fat cells and it will on a daily basis be extracting energy from your fat cells. And that's because your body's never gonna have the exact amount of energy it needs at the exact time in its blood system. It moves it in and out. That's the whole point of how our bodies work. Um, so depending on when you stand on the scales, and how regularly you stand on the cells and how consistent your eating habits are and activity levels are and sleep levels are is going to depend on how consistent we can see those results on the scales. 
Um, and I touched on it then. So sleep is um, a really crucial element as well to kind of your um, energy, sorry, your, your water levels as well as your fat levels, because it's all, that's how your body uh, regulates itself really, is how it resets itself, how it balances out its water, how it balances out its energy needs. And there's a lot of evidence to say that if for people that are um, sleeping a good kind of seven to nine hours a week, I'm sorry, a week, a night, they're far better at regulating their bodies than those that are kind of getting four to five hours as well. So if you are struggling to kind of um, get your weight loss down, it will quite often come down to your sleeping hours as well. The last thing to think about when you're looking at the scales, which I said is sometimes a bit of a difficult thing for people to handle, especially females, is the effect that our hormones can have on our scale weight. So quite often people will weigh themselves when they feel their heaviest. And this links back to what I said earlier, that kind of feeling of bloatedness, that feeling of tightness, everything just feels restricted. Um, is often when people will stand on the scales and they can very then negatively have an impact on their body weight in regards to um, how they feel. But the hormones are affecting the amount of water our body is storing. I won't go into the details of it, but the kind of week leading up to your period is generally the week that you'll have your highest levels of water retention. Um, staying with you kind of during the first few days of your period before the kind of hormones switch around and then you'll generally have some water kind of lost. Um, but if you're the type of person that's always standing on the scales probably like three or four days before you have your period, your mood's at its worst, you're feeling very emotional and now you've added into the mix that you stood on the scales and realised that you think you've put on four or five pounds of worth of body fat, um, it's going to really hit you hard. Where in actual fact, it's not three to four pounds worth of body fat you suddenly put on, it's probably five or six pounds worth of water that your body's just held on to. And that is really natural and we can't fight against that. So to finish, do we use scales to measure our progress? Um, and there's no simple answer to that. They're easy, they're quick, they're cheap. A lot of people have them in the house. And over time, they will show if your body fat has gone down. You can't lose two, three stone of body fat and the scales stay the same. Even if you're putting on a lot of muscle mass at the same time, there's still going to be a shift in your scales. So over time, if we look at the average on your scales, then yes, it's a good way of tracking progress. But if you're looking on a daily basis, it's definitely not a good way of tracking progress. And it really comes down to kind of your mental attitude towards the scales. If you can use it as just a form of data that you're quite happy plotting on a graph and you have got the patience to wait and see what the trend is, whether it's trending up or trending down over time, then brilliant use them. If it's going to stop you in your tracks because there's one reading that you're not happy with um, or you're going to associate your success based on the scales, then I'd prefer you to try not to use them at all. There's far, far better things that you can use. Um, and I would really try to focus your energy and thought on tracking the actions you're doing rather than the results. So the scales are showing the results and they're going to be delayed and they're going to be inaccurate sometimes. But what's not inaccurate is you've been able to say, yes, I've done this behaviour. Yes, I've done this action that you know is going to get you there. So if you're following any type of diet that's kind of got some obviously calorie control to it, knowing that you're, hit, you're hitting your calorie targets or your portioning targets on a daily basis will make you know that you're heading in the right direction of your goal. And that's the thing that will add up. 
that is far better than spending the time standing on the scales and thinking if I stand on the scales long enough, it's going to move. The only way it's going to move is in the negative. I promise you that. It's not going to make you feel any better the more you stand on the scales. So I hope that helps you understand um, in regards to what the scales are telling you and why it can be good, why it can be bad and why it really can be unreliable. Um, And with that information, hopefully you can see scales as not the number one way to track your progress. Hopefully you can now focus on your actions. And therefore, if you do hit a plateau on the scales, you can go back to the drawing board. Either if you're doing it by yourself, you can replan or you can go back to your coach if you're working with me or someone else and go, right, the scales have now obviously gone up and down on a daily basis, but the general trend over the last, and I'm just going to say this, two or three weeks has been a plateau or over the last two or three weeks has gone up or it has gone down and base your decisions on how you progress further with your kind of planned diet or whatever you're meant to be doing accordingly. So don't make a decision on a daily basis, make your decision on a far, far longer time period. As I said, two or three weeks of monitoring your your weight on the scales is going to give you a far better indication on what's happening on your fat loss goals. Any questions, please do give me a shout. Um, Otherwise, I will see you and speak to you soon. Take care.